From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike De Niro. We're going to be having a super stack show for you guys today. But before we get into all that, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast and hitting that download button. Without your support, there is no us. So thank you for riding with the DeLorean. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. On Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure to check out our YouTube page where we put up video clips of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Tomorrow we have a very special interview. We're going to be bringing to you an interview with the notorious 187 Homicide here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm super excited. Homicide was a great, great guest that we're going to be going in depth on the career of the notorious 187 from his time in. Jersey All-Pro to Ring of Honor to TNA, back to Ring of Honor, and your current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. But that's tomorrow. Let's talk about today. Today we have, of course, it is Tuesday. We're bringing to you, like we do every Tuesday, TNA the Asylum Years, where we'll be going back in time to the 14th episode of NWA TNA, and we'll go in-depth on that. We will also be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw and, of course, the news and notes from around the wrestling world. So, without further ado, let's get into the Super Stack show right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you for always inviting me into your morning routine, whether you're on your way to work, whether you are eating breakfast with your family, and you got this on in the background. Thank you for making the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast a part of your morning routine. We come to you five days a week. And we appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. Starting out the news today, a little sad. Rest in peace to Mexican wrestling legend, Super Porky. He passed away yesterday, and it is very sad. You know, Super Porky was always a fun character. Big legend in in Mexico. Spent a little, you know, a cup of coffee in the United States for the WWE in their juniors division. Rest in peace, Super Porky. My condolences to the family. And friends of Super Porky. Keith Lee put out a tweet saying that he will be telling his story in two weeks time. What does that mean? I personally think that we're going to be seeing a change of heart for Keith Lee. We might be seeing a heel turn for Keith Lee. But we shall see. He was on Raw last night in another losing effort. Keith Lee, before the last two weeks losing on Raw, was not seen for about four months. Ugh. The guy definitely has a story to tell. The guy definitely seems bitter. The guy definitely seems a bit 
you know, upset. So, the guy, you know, he has a right to be upset. Keith Lee in NXT was looking like the next big star for the WWE. His Royal Rumble appearance where he was, you know, face-to-face with Brock Lesnar. Everybody was going ape shit crazy. Everyone thought that was going to be a big deal. Everyone thought that when Keith Lee comes up, he was going to be a big deal. And then he comes up, and nothing happened. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a story behind it. I don't think he's going to necessarily tell a story. I think what it will be will be in a few weeks he might turn heel. He might show more of aggressive side. He might show more of a mean streak and edge to him. But, I I mean, nonetheless, Keith Lee is just another great superstar squandering here in the WWE because there is nothing for him. NXT, this guy looked like a megastar. Main roster, he's just some out-of-shape guy who, you know, the WWE doesn't really get behind. And that's a shame because Keith Lee definitely deserves better. I think that for all the, you know... All the opportunities that you could give guys like a Keith Lee, like a Karrion Cross, and like many others in the WWE right now. How is there no space for them, but there's a space for Goldberg? You know, there's a, there's a, there's always a space for Goldberg. There's always a space for legends that come back. But there's no space for your up-and-coming talents that people really do get behind. It's not like the guy's not over. I would understand if the guy was not getting over. But he is over. And people do get behind him. So what's the problem? That's 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 my question. What's the problem with Keith Lee? What is the problem? Or will Keith Lee eventually be out of the WWE? Will Keith Lee eventually be back in NXT or back on the independent circuit as a free agent? Because I don't see him lasting long in the WWE. That's just my opinion. The WWE Monday Night Raw now has a mascot. It's a robot. Very reminiscent of the robot mascot of Fox. I guess they're trying to compete with SmackDown and Fox. We're going to get into Monday Night Raw in a little bit. But I just want to say... I I really thought that Raw was going to be stepping it up once they got the fans back. And they had stepped it up to a degree. But... Not to the point where they necessarily needed to be right now. All the buzz is behind SmackDown right now. All the buzz is behind NXT right now. Your flagship show, Monday Night Raw, is actually the last on the tolling pole right now. In my opinion, it is due to the fact that you do not have any stars made. And you refuse to make new stars. You refuse to make stars out of the Keith Lees. You refuse to make stars out of the Karrion Crosses. And for everyone who's saying to me, oh, well, look at Karrion Cross. He was not over. Karrion Cross didn't get no crowd reaction. Well, why not? Because the guy did not do anything wrong. The guy got a crowd reaction everywhere else he goes. NXT, Impact Wrestling. The reason why is because they know how to present the man. NXT, he's a full package with Scarlett Bardot. He got the vignettes beforehand. That's another thing. The WWE is so quick to bring people up from NXT without any introduction. And because the crowd doesn't respond, some fans who probably don't watch NXT and only watch Raw and SmackDown because they're casual fans, they don't know these guys. And because of that lack of reaction from the crowd, 
you are doomed on the main roster. Well, I remember a day, well, back in the day, where the WWE would have vignettes and introduction video packages beforehand to introduce you to this wrestler. So when the Karrion Cross debuts, Karrion Cross is not coming out to crickets. Why is it that we couldn't get three, four weeks of video packages for Karrion Cross on the main roster? Why is it that we do not get these video packages for the NXT call-ups? Instead, we just are supposed to depend on the shock and surprise of an NXT call-up. But what was the shock and surprise of Karrion Cross coming up? He comes up with no reaction because no one knows who he is. And then loses in two seconds to Jeff Hardy. Who, by the way was getting a shitty-ass burial push before this. So, what do you want out of these wrestlers? Because then you're going to turn around and say, oh, well, Karrion Cross is not over. Well, I wonder why. It's not from him. If you give someone no tools, how are they supposed to build? If you strip them down of what makes them a star, how are they supposed to be a star? Karrion Cross with the music... With Scarlett Bardot, with the whole with the whole aura of this dark assassin. Not on the main roster. He's just the guy holding the NXT title. Who, by the way, the NXT fans know and care for. But if you're not watching NXT, we're not going to give you any introduction of this guy. He's just, you know, whatever. It don't make sense to me. Why is it that you keep doing this, WWE? Why is it that in the WWE, you're made and set up to fail? Very little times did anyone get over because of just a surprise NXT call-up. Enzo and Kaz? Was that the last time? Where they got actually a mega push because they were over because they were from NXT and people knew who they were? Because last time I checked, Aleister Black failed on the main roster. Ricochet failing on the main roster. Fucking everybody from NXT who comes up. Keith Lee failing on the main roster. Fucking Donovan Dijakovic, whatever his name is. Dominic Dijakovic, right? Dominic Dijakovic was a star in NXT. He comes up and they put a mask on him and he's T-Bar or Mace or whatever one of these fucks they are. And all of a sudden it's, oh, well, he's not over. They set them up to fail. That's the problem. So for all the people saying, oh, well, Karrion Cross isn't over, don't blame Cross. Cross is over everywhere else. But Cross was presented the right way. Look at ECW. ECW back in the day was known for one thing. They took someone's positives and accentuated and they hid the negatives, right? So, if someone had a part of their character that worked, they went full force with that character. They didn't have to be the best wrestler. And no disrespect to the dead, but let's look at some guys. Like, for example, Balls Mahoney. Balls Mahoney was able to do something to get over with the crowd. They didn't have him wrestling against Dean Malenko because Balls Mahoney would have Dean Malenko wrestle circles around him. New Jack. New Jack was not a good wrestler. 
But New Jack had personality. So what did they do? They built off the personality. Not saying Karrion Cross is not a good wrestler, but why the hell are we not looking for something in Karrion Cross and say, hey, we're going to really highlight that. In Impact Wrestling, he looked like a damn assassin. He looked like a hitman. In NXT, he had this dark aura. He looked like a assassin, right? In WWE, he's this guy who wears this little gladiator skirt-looking thing. No pop. Oh, and he lost to Jeff Hardy in two seconds. Oh, oh, but 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 he could be Keith Lee, who, by the way, is another guy who gets no fucking reaction anymore because they ruined him too. Bullshit. We're going to get into the details of Monday Night Raw when we come back from this commercial break. Stay tuned, because there's a lot more that I have to get into here with Monday Night Raw, so stay stu. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into last night's Monday Night Raw. We're on the road to SummerSlam in Las Vegas, and SummerSlam is looking to be a great, great stack card on the SmackDown side. But on the Raw side, it's leaving a lot to be desired. I, I am not a fan of the direction of Monday Night Raw right now. I am not a fan of the direction of the main storyline the main champion on raw i love bobby lashley bobby lashley's a great great wrestler he is a great champion the almighty he has the total package right and yet he is not in anything of significance because he's going against goldberg so we're going to talk all about that and what was in my opinion a mediocre monday night raw so let's get into that right now So the main story of this Monday Night Raw was Bobby Lashley still refusing to answer the challenge of Goldberg. They didn't bring Goldberg back for nothing. We all know it's going to be Goldberg versus Lashley. 
It shouldn't be. I went on the rant like numerous times in the last couple weeks. I don't want to keep doing it. I'm tired of hearing myself speak about this. I am not for Goldberg versus Lashley. Goldberg should just retire. Goldberg should not be in this matchup. And it's not because I'm a hater. It's not because I'm like, oh, fuck part-timers. It's not because I'm like, oh, we need more talent. It's due to the fact that Goldberg has not proven himself to be able to have these matches. He's not Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, who shows that he can still put on a good match. Goldberg, let's talk about the last couple matches he had. The match with Drew was horrendous. The match before that with Undertaker almost got Taker killed. Think about that. He almost paralyzed the Undertaker. The guy had a shitty-ass WrestleMania match with Braun Strowman. This is the guy that keeps coming back, and every time he comes back, he gets a world title shot. He comes out. He comes back from a 15, 16-year hiatus, gets a shot at Kevin Owens, wins the title. Horrible match. No match, actually. Spear, jackhammer, blah, blah, blah. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, on top of the world. Goldberg comes out. Saudi Arabia destroys The Fiend. And ever since then, The Fiend's aura ruined because Goldberg. And it's not Goldberg's fault. It's really the WWE. I'm not one of these marks who's like, oh, Goldberg, Goldberg, you ruined him. No, I know it's the stupid decision making of the WWE. If I'm Goldberg and someone offers me, hey, do you want to come to Saudi Arabia and win a world title in five seconds from our top guy? What am I going to say? No. Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre. Well, Goldberg, no. Then he's the champion, loses it to Braun Strowman. His last match that we see him in is a loss to Braun Strowman. Comes out. And challenges Drew McIntyre, he gets a title shot. Why? Because he axed. That's why, because he axed. Then he loses that matchup. And now, once again, he comes back and asks for another world title match. That title don't mean... It doesn't mean anything if anybody could just come in and ask for the title. If anybody could just say, hey, I'm next, right? Which, by the way, has been the same storyline that they played for like the last seven years with Goldberg. Him just coming out being like, I'm next for the title. And everyone's like, oh my god. Yeah, he's next. That's BS, man. This is the reason why people like CM Punk fled the company. Because when you have guys there every single day busting their ass for title shots... Well, not even for title shots, for, for recognition in the company that they work for, right? Because we're not going to act like wrestling's real, okay? Wrestling's fake. If they are busting their ass night in and night out for recognition in their company, and the recognition continues to be put on people who are not there, that's a problem. It don't make sense. It doesn't make sense to the story. If The Rock shows up at Survivor Series and calls out Roman Reigns, that makes sense. Because The Rock is a part of that dynasty. The Samoan dynasty that Roman Reigns says that he's the head of now. The story writes itself. Does the story really write itself for Goldberg and Bobby Lashley? No. There's not even a story because it's such a lazy storyline. That it's really all surrounding Goldberg just saying. Oh yeah, I'm back by the way and I'm next. I want a title shot. That's the storyline between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. What's the storyline between John Cena and Roman Reigns? Hey, I was the top guy. 
I left leaving this company, which I thought was going to be in good hands, and you took over it, and look at it failing. I have to come back and save it. What a storyline that is. Great storyline. Like I said, if The Rock comes back, hey, I'm the head of the family. You ain't the head of shit. I run the family. That storyline writes itself. If Brock Lesnar comes back and faces Roman Reigns, due to the involvement of Paul Heyman, it writes itself. If Brock Lesnar comes back and faces Bobby Lashley, due to the fact that both these guys were MMA badasses and destroyed all competition, it writes itself. What story does Brock, uh, does Goldberg and Bobby Lashley have? Bobby Lashley is refusing to face Goldberg. And you know what? (laughs) I wish this was real. I wish he wasn't going to face him. Because it would make sense for him to say, Nah, why do you get a title shot? I ain't going to give you no title shot. What did you do to deserve it? But instead, instead, we're probably going to get that match. Because you didn't bring Goldberg back for nothing. And I swear to God, if Goldberg wins that matchup, I'm going to blow a fuse here on the fucking Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I might just crash the DeLorean on purpose, let's just say. If Goldberg wins that matchup and once again stalls or destroys the rise of a star like he did, Bob, like he did Bray Wyatt, then the WWE has completely lost their freaking minds. Because then from there, what's next? Goldberg versus who? Drew McIntyre again. And then Drew wins the title. Like, it wouldn't make sense. It would be stupid. And I don't think that they even should be in this predicament. But anyway, that's not the only thing that happened on the show. By the way, he defeated Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin on this show. Rubbing in the face that the Hurt Business is still broken up. Even though the Hurt Business had a lot more miles on it. It could have went on a long, long time. But whatever. Also on the show, we are going to be getting yet another triple threat match for the Women's uh, World Champion as Nikki Ash will be going against Charlotte Flair and will be going against Rhea Ripley at the next pay-per-view SummerSlam. Damian Priest versus Sheamus. This matchup made me smile. This was a number one contendership match for the U.S. Champion and Damian Priest defeated Sheamus. This is good. You're making new stars. You're having new stars going over on established talent, which raises the rise, raises the stock of these new stars. Because Damian Priest was with, you know, he was rocking out with Bad Bunny, and then all of a sudden he just disappears. You know, it's cool to see these guys get some shine here. Cool to see Damian Priest getting a shot and defeating Sheamus. AJ Styles and Omos defeat the Viking Raiders. That's. Okay, whatever. I'm happy with AJ Styles and Omos won. Later on in the night, they attack uh, Riddle, which is setting up the matchup that I've been wanting for a long time. Matt Riddle and Randy Orton versus AJ Styles and Omos. That should be a great, great matchup. It's really clear that they're setting that up. Like I said, Karrion Cross defeated Keith Lee. Karrion Cross, who's already ruined, defeated another guy who's already ruined. <sighs> and then we got the storyline continuing with Drew McIntyre and... Jinder Mahal, which I don't think anybody cares about. But honestly, for all the good on this episode of Raw, they just don't have enough good to 
cover up the bad. And that's a problem. I gave this Raw a 2 out of 5. Hard to sit through. Three hours is just a drag. And I don't want to talk about this show anymore. So, when we come back, we're going to be talking about TNA, NWA TNA, episode 14 from the Asylum Years. Put on your seatbelt. We are going to be going back in time in the DeLorean to 2002, September 25th. Let's, let's, let's clean our palettes of the shit of Monday Night Raw. We'll be right back with some NWA TNA action. Stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, to TNA, the Asylum Years. It is Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we go back in time and we talk about NWA TNA from the Asylum. We go back in time and we talk about all the happenings of NWA TNA. This week, we are off the craziness of last week where we crowned new NWA Tag Team Champions. And we had a crazy matchup between Jerry Lynn, the X-Division Champion, and Ronda Truth Killings, the World Heavyweight Champion. Also, a lot of debuts last week, so we're going to see what happens this week. So let's get right into it. NWA TNA from September 25th, 2002. This is episode 14. The show starts off right off the bat with Jerry Lynn attacking, attacking, I said attacking, attacking Sonny Siaki backstage. Really taking it to Siaki too, beating the shit out of him. This was all due to the fact that Sonny Siaki cost Jerry Lynn his matchup with Ron The Truth Killings last week on this show. After, you know, saying that the X Division guys need to get behind him, blah, blah, blah. It is announced that tonight will be a rematch. It will be Ronda Truth Killings versus Jerry Lynn. This time, it will be for the X Division champion, not the world champion. And on top of that, we will have Lumberjacks. The X Division will be surrounding the ring and will be the Lumberjacks of this matchup. 
Speaking of the X Division, the first ever match, well, the first ever, the first matchup of the show was the Amazing Red versus Sonny Siaki. Sonny Siaki picks up the victory. This was a very fun matchup. Afterwards, his former partner from the Flying Elvises, Jorge Estrada, comes out. He says tonight he wants Sonny Siaki's gear. He doesn't deserve to be a Flying Elvis. He says he wants him stripped down from the whole getup all the way down to the blue suede shoes. Next, we got Ron Harris and Brian Lee versus the new NWA Tag Team Champions, AMW, America's Most Wanted. This matchup is a uh, tag team title matchup and is a tables matchup. This was another fun brawl. They went all over the ring. In the end, though, AMW, Chris Harris, and James Storm pick up the victory over the veteran team of Ron Harris and Brian Lee. This did not lead to much, though, because in the end, Ron Harris and Brian Lee continued the attack, even though they lost. They were sore losers, and it took Big Don, Big D, Don Harris, head of security, to break up the brawl and getting in his own brother's face. Next, Ron the Truth Killings, he comes out, he cuts a promo. He says he wants to be treated like a star. He says he wants his own private dressing room like Ken Shamrock did. Starts, you know, saying that he needs to be treated better around here. BG James comes out. He says that the truth turned into a prima donna. He said when no one cared about him in the WWF, he took him under his wing. They were a tag team and he carried him. Ron the Truth Killings slapped him. They got into a big brawl. They start fighting. Next we see Brian Lawler backstage cutting a promo on his girlfriend April, the former Ryan Shamrock. And basically, you know, telling her to stay in her place and being really sexist and misogynistic here. Just coming off like a real douchebag. We have a two out of three falls matchup between AJ Styles and Lowkey. The winner of this matchup will be the number one contender for the X Division title next week. AJ Styles actually wins the two falls. He wins two falls in a row after Lowkey wins the first fall. AJ Styles is your number one contender. We have a matchup here, a tag matchup between Six Pac and Scott Hall versus Elix Skipper and Brian Lawler. During the matchup, Brian Lawler was more focused on April Hunter and not on... Uh, the matchup, Elix Skipper even seemed disappointed in his partner. In the end, Pac hits the uh, X-Factor and Scott Hall hits the outsider's edge to win. Then Jeff Jarrett comes out and all three men attack Skipper. Well, all three men attack Scott Hall and Six Pac. So we seem to have an alliance again with Jeff Jarrett, Brian Lawler, and Elix Skipper here. Don Harris comes out to stop him. Don Harris is all over this match. He's, I mean, he's all over this night. The head of security, Don Harris, you know I mean? he's all over this. He's, he's trying to bring law and order to TNA Impact here. AJ Styles cuts a promo. He's dancing like a fool. He looks like a cocky idiot. Uh, Goldilocks says he's gotten so cocky. AJ Styles is very green here. He, he doesn't seem like he knows how to talk on the mic. He says that he wants Jerry Lynn next week in a... Well, the winner of Jerry Lynn or Ronda Truth Killings in a X Division ladder match. Which, by the way, I think is stupid because Louis literally just saw a ladder match for the X Division title. But I guess we'll see another one. Come on, they had nothing better to do here. They couldn't have another, you know, matchup here. AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn been feuding all over the show. They had two out of three falls matches. They had three stages of hell. They already had a ladder match with low-key included. I guess we're going to have another ladder match next week. I'm not complaining. I'm a big fan of AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. And whenever they get into the ring with each other, they have great matches. It's just that let's keep it a little fresh here. Let's not have the same gimmick that we already had a couple weeks ago. A lot of X Division on this show. We have Kid Cash versus Jorge Estrada. Jorge Estrada wins, but then Sonny Siaki comes out and he shows him that he burned the uh, Elvis outfit in a trash can fire. We then get an X Division title match between Jerry Lynn and Ron the Truth Killings with the Lumberjacks. Due to the help of Low Key, 
Jerry Lynn retains his exhibition title. He beats the NWA champion, Ronda Truth Killings, which is Ronda Truth Killings' first loss on this program. And he loses to an exhibition guy, which is really cool to see Jerry Lynn getting that push. Main event time, we got Jeff Jarrett versus BG James. They brawl all over the arena. This ends in a DQ when Skipper and uh, Brian Lawler join Jeff Jarrett and they jump BG James, which leads to Scott Hall and Six Pac coming out to make the save. But then Ronda Truth Killings takes out Scott Hall and Six Pac. And we end the show with Scott Hall, Six Pac, and BG James laid out in the hands of Jeff Jarrett, Ronda Truth Killings, Elix Skipper, and Brian Lawler. This episode of NWA TNA got a 2 out of 5. Was it as good as the last couple weeks? I think that. You know, you can't always have a banger of a show. You always have to have that, uh, I guess, filler show. This seemed like a filler show. Even though they tried to put a lot on this show, some things were just not connecting for me. The BG James, Ron the Truth Killings promo seemed a little, you know, too forced. Uh, also, it's, it's to have Jeff Jarrett and Brian Lawler brawling all over for a couple weeks and then now they're friends again, that's a little whack. But, and then also AJ Styles acting like a damn fool, but whatever. Good dressing on the show. I can't wait for next week. I think next week would be a better show. Like I said, tomorrow we have a special guest here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We'll be joined by the Notorious 187 Homicide. And also, we'll be bringing to you the NXT Rundown. Remember, NXT is on Sci-Fi tonight, not on the USA. It is preempted to Sci-Fi, so check out NXT on Sci-Fi tonight. We'll be talking all about it here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Once again, hit that download button. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, comment. We appreciate all the support. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at WrestlingDeloreanPod, on TikTok at WrestlingDeloreanPod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeloreanPod. Hope everyone has a great day. Stay safe, stay positive, stay healthy. Thank you so much for all the support. Love you guys. Peace out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 